Chapter 5 of Jean Craig, Graduate Nurse. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Jean Craig, Graduate Nurse, by Kay Littleton. Chapter 5, April Wedding. Ethel and Ted's wedding was scheduled for April 18th. The first two weeks of the month were dreary and rainy. The skies above Elmhurst were constantly gray, and the countryside looked bleak and unpromising after the long winter. Tempers were short at the clinic. The season of spring colds was on. Jean felt a great depression as she tended to her duties as an upper-class nurse. Because of the shortage of graduate nurses at the hospital, Jean and her classmates were used almost as regular nurses. Jean had to attend courses in chemistry, biology, and dietics, along with her regular duties. As the spring term got underway, she was now in charge of the pediatric ward. A whole new procession of youngsters flooded both the doctor's office and the hospital wards, and Jean's days were full of bathing youngsters trying to put dosages of penicillin and sulfa into unwilling small mouths, taking temperatures and pulses of the squirming children. She tried to study at night after writing her daily writer to Ralph, but often she would steal back into her ward to hold the hand of a tiny, miserable patient lonely for his mother. Jane found solace in the quiet ward at night. The children were calmer, there were no adults about, and she couldn't see the dreadful, gloomy sky. Ordinarily, Jean would have welcomed the chance to work so closely with Ted, whose capacity as a pediatrician kept him closely in touch with the ward, but Ted was cross and nervous. For hours at a time, he swapped throats, sprayed sn sniffy noses, and tried to reason with mothers of the weary winter and housefuls of pent-up children. The radio forecasts were always the same. Showers. April showers, Jane remarked, one day bitterly as she gazed up at the sky, which was sending down its interminable drizzly rain. If these are showers, let me know when one stops and the next one starts. Someone. If only Ethel and Jack seemed to retain their high spirits. Ethel was too excited about her wedding, even to notice the weather, and Jack, bedridden, already a month, had drawn from some inner source a courage and even a temper which amazed everyone around him. Although Jack knew that he would be in bed for many months, he never seemed to be depressed. He made full life for himself with his tiny room. Although he wasn't allowed many visitors, he soon fell into a routine which occupied his mind, which didn't excite him too much. But just when everyone decided that it would never stop raining, the sun came out. The sky was blue with fluffy white clouds, and spring had come to Elmhurst. Trees, which had been barren two weeks before, were now covered with soft green buds. The whole countryside softened with new growing greenery. The river ran vigorous energy to carry its extra burden to the ocean, and its air smelled clean, as if the heavens had spent two energetic weeks in spring house cleaning. The day of Ethel's wedding was cool and clear. The ceremony was to be held in Craig's parlor, and the whole family was busy making final preparations. Doris was singing Brightly Dawn's Our Wedding Day from the Mikado as she dusted the living room furniture for the third time. Jean arranged the wedding presents on the dining room table for everyone to see. She sighed gently as she laid out the sterling silver, which Mrs. Loring had given her son and daughter-to-be and she smiled in satisfied anticipation as she arranged the kitchen equipment, which had been the contribution of the nurses at the shower. He handled the linens and china with loving care. Mrs. Craig ran downstairs and popped her head into the dining room. Time to get dressed, dear. I want you to be ready so you can help me with the bride. Oh dear, she sighed. Where is that girl? Ethel, 
Jean asked. I suppose she's still at the hospital. If I know Ethel, she's probably making a long list of instructions to leave behind her. She sighed. Oh, mother, she cried. All these lovely things. And you should see what terrible little apartment they're going to have to put them in. Darn it. Anyhow, couldn't Ted have been a veteran? Then he could have one of those houses Dad designs for the Veterans Project. Now, where on earth will they put all these things in that stuffy little place? Mrs. Craig smiling no knowingly. Never mind, dear. Ethel can store things in here if she wants to, till she has a better place. Now hurry, Jean. With everyone dressing here, we'll we have to hustle. Jean obediently went upstairs. Mrs. Craig went in to send Doris up to dress, muttering, Ethel shouldn't have come to breakfast, as I told her. She probably didn't eat a thing. As she spoke, Ethel came in the front door. Mrs. Craig stretched out both hands to her, and Ethel grabbed them. She attempted to smile. I'm sorry I couldn't make it to breakfast, Mrs. Craig, she said. There were just a few things I wanted to take care of at the hospital before I left. Jean bent over the upstairs railing and called down. What did I tell you, mother? Mrs. Craig smiled in despair. Oh, child, this is your wedding day. Now let's get you upstairs and into your finery. Suddenly, Ethel burst into tears. Mrs. Craig put her arms around her and drew her over to a chair. I... I don't want to get married, Ethel cried. I... well... I just don't want to get married. Mrs. Craig smiled knowingly and patted the girl on the shoulder. I know, my dear. I know just how you feel. They're so short-handed over at the hospital. They can't spare any nurses. Ethel sobbed. I, I, I just can't get married now. There are too many things to do. Suddenly, her eyes brightened. Do you think Ted would understand if we called the wedding off? I mean, just till I finish everything that has to be done at the hospital. Mrs. Craig came into the front hall together with Aunt Becky. He stopped at the sight of Ethel's tearful face and stared in at her alarm. Great heavens, he exclaimed. Tears on your wedding day? Becky elbowed him out of the way and came over to Ethel. Oh, run along, you man. She snapped him, a bewildered Mr. Craig. There isn't a girl alive who doesn't get to be plumb nervous at the thought of her wedding day. She turned to Ethel. Now, now, child, she said. You just have a good cry, and... Mr. Craig interrupted Becky with a loud laugh. He threw back his head and roared. If you think you're nervous, my girl, he said, you should see Ted now. When I stomped in to see him, his poor mother was trying to help him dress. Ted was hopping around on one foot like a scared chicken. Mrs. Craig touched her husband's arm. All right, dear, she said. Run along and get yourself dressed. And Mr. Craig went upstairs whistling. Ethel composed herself and smiled at the two women. Poor Ted, she grinned. He's so helpless. And of course he's scared. He needs someone to look after him. She glanced at her watch. Good heaven, she cried. I'd better hurry and dress. Craig, where is my gown? Mrs. Craig smiled. Your clothes are up in Jean's room, dear. Doris and Jean are waiting to help you. I'll be up myself in a few minutes. Ethel threw her arms around Mrs. Craig's neck and hugged her. How can Ted and I ever thank you for what you are doing for us? Humph! Becky snorted. Now scat, girl. And Marge, you come out with me to the kitchen. I want to unload my basket. She took the overflowing basket of last-minute additions to the party food that she was carrying. Ethel nearly collided with Tommy on the stairway. Hi, beautiful, Tommy said, grinning. I hereby swear my eternal devotion to you on your wedding day. Ethel laughed. You idiot, whatever do you mean? Tommy shook his head. Only for you, for you only. I say, would I struggle into this? He waved a stiff collar under her nose, that is, outside of the immediate family. As Tommy reached the bottom of the stairs, still muttering about his collar, the front door flew open, and Ted, followed by distraught Mrs. Lauren, came dashing into the hall. Ted confronted Tommy, he's twisted in wrath. Where's your father? he demanded. Tommy stared at the bridge room.
Now, now, dear, Ted's mother clutched his arm. Don't upset everyone now. Calm yourself. Ted turned to face his mother. But do you know? Does mean this wedding's off? How can a man get married when... Huh? said Tommy. The apartment, the furniture, gone. Everything's gone. I've been robbed. The apartment wasn't much, but it was a place to live, and Ethel and I picked out all our furniture and had sent it to the place. Now it's gone. Mrs. Loring took Ted's hand. Now listen, son, she said. There must be an explanation. People don't run off with a house full of furniture. Mr. Craig came downstairs. Well, hello, Mrs. Lorne, he said, shaking her hand. And Ted, I'm afraid I had to do the honors. The women are upstairs dressing. Mrs. Lorne smiled wearily. Mr. Craig, forgive this ridiculous son of mine. We would have come over at the proper time when everything was ready. But Ted has some full notion that he's been robbed, Mr. Craig chuckled. If Ted didn't come crashing into a party, I would know there was something wrong. Did he ever tell you about the first time we met? Mrs. Long smiled as she knew her son's habits. I can imagine the entrance he made was spectacular, she said. Mr. Craig laughed at the memory. It certainly was. We gave a large barn dance to celebrate the building of the clinic. Dr. Gallup was in the midst of introducing Dr. Barsh to the community when, bang, all the lights went out. Seems as if Ted had come in and tripped over the light cords. Mrs. Loring laughed despairingly. Oh, Ted, she sighed. I'm afraid you had a typical introduction to my son, she said to Mr. Craig. Mother, Ted cried, how can you stand swapping tails with Mr. Craig when I've been robbed? Mr. Craig looked at Ted gravely. Suppose you start from the beginning and tell me the whole story. Well, sir, I went over to see the apartment this morning to check on last-minute details, you know. The landlady told me that she didn't have an apartment for me. I told her that was ridiculous, and that I'd already paid my first month's rent, and that I had a whole apartment full of furniture moved in not two days ago. She showed me the apartment, and there wasn't a stick of it. There wasn't anything in it. Then she handed me back my money. Ted's face became redder. Mr. Craig began to chuckle. How much rent did she want for those three rooms? Ted glowered. Sixty-five a month. Sixty-five a month is a little high for children just setting up housekeeping. I tell you what, Ted, there's no point in upsetting your wedding by keeping it from you any longer. You see, for forty-five a month, you can have a regular house. Ted stared at Mr. Craig. I don't understand, sir, he said. Mr. Craig smiled. Mrs. Craig and I went over to see your apartment a week or so ago. Frankly, Mrs. Craig didn't think much of it, so we decided to move you out. It just happens I have a house for rent in the housing project that I designed. It's been open for four days only, and they're pretty nice little houses. The builders gave me one as a sort of bonus, and I want to rent it, of course. Perhaps it was presumptuous of me. Ted grasps. This, this is a miracle, but it's too much. We couldn't possibly accept it. Mr. Craig shook his head. Mrs. Craig and I are very anxious to see you two settled nicely. If you don't, won't do it for yourself, do it for Ethel. He handed Ted a set of keys. Here you are, son. You'll find your furniture at this address. Mrs. Loring sat down. I don't know what to say, Craig, she murmured. Ted sat down and stared at the keys in his hand. Mr. Craig patted him on the shoulder and turned to his son. Hey, Tommy, he called. Come here and fix your, and I'll fix your collar. Only the members of the Craig family even suspected that Ethel had shed tears less than an hour before this ceremony. When she came down the stairs on Dr. Barsh's arm, she was the perfect picture of a radiant bride. The wedding was held in front of the parlor, with the family and hospital staff in attendance. It was a regular, old-fashioned wedding, and the fragrance of roses and lilacs filled the parlor 
as the minister read the time-revered words, and from the silent congregation came the sound of a muffled sobs, not from the happy Mrs. Craig who beamed on the beautiful ride, nor from Mrs. Loring who smiled at her new daughter with contented pride, but from Jean, who suddenly felt the tragic loneliness of a girl whose beloved is many, many miles away. End of chapter 5